Good afternoon. It's Chicky Fitzgerald with the Executive Girlfriends Group. It is Friday, April 9th, and it is my pleasure to introduce Debbie Vallabhanini. There, I still didn't do it right. I apologize, Debbie. Why don't I let you introduce yourself, and then I'll uh, I'll edit that uh, off of the MP3. No problem. It's Debbie Vallabhanini. Oh, great. Well, it is terrific to have you on. And why don't you just give us uh, just a little personal thumbnail of you, and then we'll dive right in and uh, talk about your book. Sure, absolutely. First of all, thank you for the opportunity. I am the author of uh, a recently released publication called What's Your MBA IQ? A Manager's Career Development Tool. And it enables um, any business manager, so whether you're in IT or marketing or finance or operations, to calculate your MBA IQ, which is, you can think of it as your business IQ. Well, I found it fascinating when I uh, got got the note from your publicist because uh, I, I've always joked about this because I, I happen to be a college dropout turned management consultant. So I've been consulting uh, to the travel industry specifically, but also to travel and transportation and uh, technology companies uh, over the course of the last 15 years. And I was sharing in, in this speech I gave yesterday that, you know, here I was, college dropout, and I was doing work on behalf of companies like EDS and Ernst & Young. And they would hire me as a consultant, but they never, ever would have considered hiring me, uh, you know, into the company because I didn't meet uh, even the college degree criteria, let alone the MBA criteria. So I've always wondered how I would do against something like this or, or whether I could even, uh, you know, cut the MBA programs. But uh, I, I'm sure uh, a number of folks uh, on the call have, have the same kind of question of, you know, even though most of us have been in the industry, and in, in particular the people on this call uh, happen all to be associated with the travel industry, as I think you picked up, Debbie, um, uh, a lot of us have just had lots and lots and lots of work experience. So tell us who the audience is uh, first for your book. Um, the audience is primarily people who want to get an MBA, and second, uh, the uh business managers in companies or perhaps people with um, their own businesses, so entrepreneurs or small business owners who need concrete, hardcore, verifiable business skills in all areas of business. Mm -hmm. Now, Debbie, when you first uh, graduated with your undergrad degree before uh, you went on, and I believe you went to Harvard, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Um, before you went to Harvard, did you spend time in the business world in between, or did you go right from your undergrad uh, in, into getting your MBA? So I spent, after my undergrad, I earned my CPA and worked four years at Arthur Anderson in Chicago, Singapore, and Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. And then what, what prompted you to go back and get the MBA? Was it, were, were you not able to get promoted to the levels that you wanted, or you just wanted to expand beyond finance? No, I was at the top of my class at Arthur Anderson, so it wasn't about um, uh, promotions or anything. It's more of rounding out your skill set. That's the whole point of getting an MBA is I came from an accounting and finance background, so that's mm -hmm. fine, but there's so much more to business than just accounting and finance. There's operations, there's marketing, there's... HR and IT, ethics, leadership, strategy, there's so much more. Right. So once you went to Harvard, then what was your next step out into the business world? 
Um, after uh, Harvard Business School, I worked for The Gap in San Francisco uh, in their international business development um, uh, area, so focusing on analyzing new markets for The Gap and Banana Republic stores. Mm-hmm. So mainly, uh, mainly focusing on um, opportunities in Singapore and Hong Kong in terms of, you know, should we should the Gap open up a store there? If so, how? When should they open it? So it was very um, high level and strategic. Mm-hmm. And so tell us what got you to the place where you uh, wanted to write this book. And, and in the meantime, you also you set up an association for people in professional business management, and and that's the firm that you run today. Is that correct? Correct. Um, I am the founder and CEO of the Association of Professionals in Business Management, APBM, and uh, we certify business managers across all areas of business management. So it's uh, many people think of management as the soft skills, right? How do you inspire people? How do you right. manage people? All that management actually is a much more hardcore um, science than people realize. It, management actually contains finance and accounting and marketing and operations and all the other areas of business. It's like saying, well, I'm a, you know, people say, well, I'm, you know, they say I'm a doctor. It's not just what they practice. It's just also what they know in terms of all the areas of medicine. And that's what we believe management should evolve into. So when people say I'm a manager, it means that they have proficiency in all areas of business. Mm-hmm. And so in terms of the, the motivation for this, it was really um, uh, because of that need. People, um, you know, after college or their jobs are, much, are very much siloed. They start in one area, right? We don't, you know, after graduating college, we're not CEOs. Or it's very rare that, we're, that we start that way. So we often start in one area, perhaps marketing, perhaps HR, perhaps operations, and then we move our way up in, in a company. And it's that process of becoming a business generalist that um, is not concrete for everybody. Um, some people th- do it through a corporate rotation program. Some people have really right. strong mentors. Some people um, uh, you know, earn an MBA. And so we wanted to highlight the skills that are necessary, regardless of the path you take to get those skills in terms of to become that well-rounded business person. Well, I think it's interesting in, in the introduction uh, to your book, you talk about how this is the book that you wish you had had before you started the MBA program. So, you know, let's let's talk about, uh, again, you know, what it was that, that got you to the place that you wanted to write that book and, and what difference would it have made for you, either in, in your business life in general or in entering the MBA program more specifically? Um, uh, well, I think it would have made a huge difference in terms of seeing that there is a hierarchy or pedagogy in business. Um, like I said, it, right now business is very fluid, which is good because it, it enables people to, um, you know, to figure out what is best for them. But at the same time, in terms of I wish I had that generalist um, background coming in, I approached business school, like I said, from my accounting and finance background, which is a very small um, uh, way to look at business, right? It's business is much more than just the the numbers. There's, you know, like I said, marketing and operations and HR and leadership and strategy. And if you weren't exposed to them, even at an introductory level, when you go to top business schools, they go, you know, they go through the syllabus and the coursework very fast. So without that solid foundation, um, I I definitely struggled at, uh, at times to get that foundation for myself so I can compete effectively. So it was more of I wish I had been exposed to some of the, the you know, the, the 
the, the pedagogy or the uh, the structure of business in, in, in terms of this is how you're supposed to think about it and this is where you fit into that. Got it. So, uh, you know, again, did somebody say, hey, you, you really ought to write all this down or, or had you just had a passion for, for wanting to articulate it and, and make it easier for others? Well, it's um, uh, it's kind of both. Um, I, it's, it, it, I, I wish there was a more linear path <laughs> um, in terms of after founding the APBM, I realized uh, that equipping any manager and any MBA aspirant with this common body of knowledge is, um, you know, is my reason for being in terms of that's why APBM was founded. That's why I believe management can be a profession similar to medicine in terms of, you know, regardless of whatever doctor you go to, let's say you go to a dermatologist, right? You, you know that that dermatologist is going to be proficient in all areas of the body, all areas of medicine. Right. When you hire an accountant, you don't know if that person is, proficient in all areas of business, all areas of the company. You know, that's really true. And, and both, you know, in my own personal experience as an entrepreneur and, and having to rely so heavily on both CPAs and on attorneys and, and in early stage businesses, you, in particular, you really need somebody who's very, very well-rounded. That's right. And, and then how do you assess that well-roundedness? What's that mm-hmm. symbol? What's that um, uh, stamp of approval? Right. And so in medicine, they can't be a doctor uh, without passing the boards, medical boards, right? That's their, that's their uh, proficiency. In business, we don't have that, and our goal is to create that knowledge standard, and we're, we believe we've done so with the uh, CBM, Certified Business Manager, credential, as well as the CABM, the Certified Associate Business Manager, credential. And mm-hmm. these credentials give you that well-roundedness and show proficiency that actually you do know all areas of business. And so that's the, um, that's, that's the goal, and the book kind of came out of that, um, of that mission. Well, I think it's interesting. You know, you, you lay out something called the Generalist uh, Manifesto, which are, are all of the, the qualities and characteristics that a generalist possesses. And, you know, I, I can remember a time when being a generalist um, actually was kind of marked as a bad thing. So, you know, you're, you're turning this around and showing that it's only when you do have that broad base of experience can you really excel at, at the specialty. Um, can you talk That's about right. some of you those need, you things? Need both. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, just as, so going back to the accountant example, and I love to use accountants as an example since um, I am one by trade and by um, education. So I am not, when I use accountants as an example, it's by no means to um, call them out. It's just more of I am one too. And it's easier to talk about your own background uh, um, in that way. So with that caveat, so let's use um, accountants as an example. The best accountants are not ones that know accounting only. The best accountants are no accounting in relation to marketing, in relation to operations, in relation to HR, in relation to leadership, and I can go on and on and on. If the accountant only knows accounting, then that's very limited. And their job opportunities and career development is going to be extremely limited. If If you were an employer, who would you rather have? An accountant who knows only accounting and can only do that, or an accountant that can interface with all the other departments, an accountant that can understand the business issues to relate them back to his or her job in the accounting department. 
Right. So that's what we mean by you need both in terms of that business specialist who's the accountant and then the business generalist who can understand the business world at large. Debbie, you know, many of the the women who are part of the Executive Girlfriends group are involved primarily on on the marketing and sales sides of their business, um, as as well as um, what we in in our particular industry call distribution, which is uh, the marrying of buyers and sellers through multiple channels, whether it be the retail channel, the wholesale channel. Um, and and as I mentioned, it, it's not uncommon. In fact, I think I heard uh, someone quote a statistic, and, and I'm not remembering the precise statistic, but that the travel industry actually has fewer MBAs than any other industry as a whole. And and part of that is because people uh, quite often got their start. Um, you know, if you take a look at someone who's come up through the ranks at an airline, it's not unusual for them to have started in reservations or on the ramp. Uh, in a hotel, you know, someone might have started at the front desk when they were in college and then just, you know, stuck with a, a brand or with a chain, you know, up through the years and, and ended up getting promoted. So for, for someone who is 10, 15, 20, even 30 years into their career, what can they learn from reading your book if, if they're not in a position to go back and get their MBA? Well, the book will provide them with a language of business. So we often mm-hmm. um, talk about business as a language. And if they are viewing it from a sales and marketing perspective, then perhaps they know one part of the language. Um, and it's important to broaden out their um, their language to include all the other business functions. Um, mm-hmm. So that's how I would view it as in terms of what are the, the concepts in finance? What are the vocabulary? What are the, um, um, uh, what do you call it, the, the, the metrics? In finance, right. because inevitably, it's one. You know, when you're talking to a client or a vendor or even a partner, a business issue is not necessarily just one issue, right? It's not just a marketing issue. They're often combined into there are many um, business functions that um, comprise a business issue or a business solution. And so, the more um, you have at your fingertips, the easier it is to converse with other people because you're actually understanding and can contribute to the conversation better. So it's like if you don't know, you know, um, Russian, and if you're going to go to Moscow, I mean, especially in the travel world, you understand how important it is to communicate with all, um, um, you know, all parts of the globe. And so, so we often, so this is the analogy we use. Let's say your um, uh, boss sends you to Moscow, um, and you don't know Russian. Well, what are you going to do? You're probably going to buy a guidebook. Right to get help you get along with um, right. with your trip and everything. That's that's the MBA IQ book. It's your guidebook to understanding the issues in business. It's not going to make you fluent in business, right? To to be fluent in business or, or all areas of business, I should say, um, you'll probably have to take a, many classes. You may get certified in the CBM or CABM. You may get an MBA, or you right. just make it um, a practice to become fluent. Um, in terms of, like I said, all areas of business, just as you would do if you want to become fluent in Russian. This book will start that process of saying, okay, you know, introducing you to the, um, uh, to the vocabulary, to the structure, to the metrics, to the concepts that each um, business function, um, uh, what's relevant for each business function. Right. Um, let me just go through, uh, for those who are listening, um, the, the MBA IQ, uh, there, there's actually a, uh, an online assessment um, tool that, that Debbie has created, and it takes you through 
Uh, module one is general management, leadership and strategy, operations management, marketing management, quality and process management, human resource management, accounting, finance, information technology, corporate control, law, ethics, and governance, international business, project management, and decision science and management or managerial economics. So, you know, certainly for those of us, again, who've spent uh, a lot of our career uh, in one or two or three of those disciplines, uh, you know, can see how much broader the spectrum really is. But the thing I love about your online assessment tool, Debbie, is that you start off um, scoring awareness, which, again, for those of us who've been in and around those things, I would imagine that we would score fairly high on our awareness. But then when you get to the next level, which is knowledge, which, again, is both the vocabulary and the practices, I would assume, you know, perhaps our scores would be significantly lower on that. And then getting down to the actual experience, which is the third score set. So, you know, it looks to me like this would really help us understand our our capabilities and, and being able to um, you know, to operate cross-functionally, and and are we ready to make uh, you know a huge shift even within our companies? Uh, I remember years ago when I was at American Airlines Saber, um, there was a, a time when uh, a number of the departments were having a lot of tension between them, and so what in what a I thought was the most brilliant move ever, the two biggest uh, departments having the problems were, were sales and operations. And operations, of course, yep. was always saying sales was promising everything, promising the moon, and, and, you know, sales would say, well, you know, here's what we're doing, and you guys can't deliver. And so they flip-flopped the senior executives of those two groups. And, you know, we all thought it was going to be disastrous, but, of course, it was the best thing that had ever happened. And, you know, so it seems Yeah, you actually hit like, on um, – oh, I'm so sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say, um, you, you just, uh, what, you're te- what you're sharing actually brings up a very um, important point. When you work in the marketing department, you think marketing should outweigh the other functions. If you work in the finance department, you're going to think finance should outweigh all the others in making business decisions. But you know what? They're all equally important. And this book sets up a very objective way to show that in terms of not one, fun- one function doesn't outweigh or um, uh, have more weight in an, in, in an issue because you have to balance out all the issues when making those decisions. Mm-hmm. And, and by knowing all the issues, you're able to make better decisions because you have more um, tools from which you can use to uh, or draw upon to make those business decisions. So I love that um, example that you share because I think it, it, you know when it comes down to a divisional level or a departmental level, it's very easy to blame fingers or or blame this department for this or that department for that. When reality, it's you know it's everybody's in it together. And so, Debbie, if there were a, a senior leadership team uh, that that wanted to better understand how how they all fared uh, against this, is this something that you would recommend to a senior executive to have, uh, you know, their entire senior team take uh, the MBA IQ online assessment? Because it seems like, again, I think it has much broader implications and much broader benefit. Uh, you know, than than just for an individual trying to look at themselves. The the team aspect seems to me uh, yes, the team aspect powerful. is very powerful, right? So imagine if you had a team of ten or twenty people, you know, they're mm-hmm. all going to have different skill sets, and so and I think um, the current um, performance evaluation systems is very much on an individual level, and 
uh, a good leader would, would do a portfolio type of analysis of the team's skill sets. And the MBIQ tool will give them the kind of the, the wherewithal or the process to view it from a portfolio perspective. So you can say, hey, out of my team of 20 people, you know what, the majority are weak in such and such. Um, how do we get that skill set in our team? And so, um, you know, maybe, so let's, again, let's use accounting as an example. Let's say out of those 20 people, if everybody consistently scores weak in accounting, well, they know that that team needs more accounting training or more accounting exposure. Um, if the team is very balanced, and that's what you want, you may have some people who are strong in accounting, you may have some people who are strong in finance, some people strong in marketing, but so the, the leader will, would have to assess, do we have the skill sets for our team um, number one, and then number two, if not, well, how, how is he going to um, fill them, right? Who is going to be then right. in charge of, um, you know, is he going to designate one person who's going to be the accounting expert on the team, or is, does he want everybody to be somewhat proficient in accounting? And so that's when you can start to see, well, how are they going to fill in those holes? And so you're absolutely right. I think mm-hmm. it's it's um, equally applicable on an individual level if you want to improve yourself and everything, but especially from a, um, a developmental perspective for a team, for a department, um, I think it's a great way to sit back a, as a leader to say, this is what my team possesses today, but um, you know, it may it may or may not be what the team needs to have for our business goals. And Debbie, do you have people who who would be trained in you know if if a leadership team took that assessment? Do you have a, a team that can come in and help them figure out what to do with that knowledge and and where the gaps are and and how to align that with with where they are moving forward? Because I've got a client right now that is just a thousand percent finance driven and, and to just a, a crazy degree uh, where you know, what they burn up their hours on every day makes makes zero sense. And I'm wondering whether a tool like this would help their their CEO, um, you know, kind of expose the weakness of the fact that maybe everybody else would score low on finance just because they're so burned out on finance, you know, just <laughs> trying to drive everything that they're doing. I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out practical ways that I can help uh, my clients where I see this kind of thing happening. That's right. No, I think, yes, we do have the, the team that can assist in those efforts. Um, and I also think uh, that the, the numbers speak for themselves. You can't, you, I mean, in terms of you can't hide awareness. You can't hide um, right. uh, the knowledge level. So in terms of the MBIQ process, it's very um, uh, quantitative, right? Either you know it or you don't. And then, and then you can then say, well, how well do I know this concept? And so right. through that process, you are um, actively engaging the employee to say, what is it that you are bringing to the table in terms of just a purely business knowledge base? We're not talking about attitude. We're not talking about other aptitude skills. We're just talking about a fundamental business knowledge base because we also know that the more solid or stronger of a foundation that business knowledge base is, the more that the employee can contribute. I mean, that's just a, a very fundamental um, kind of universal law out there. Right. So tell me a little bit within your organization, the Association of uh, Professionals 
um, in business management. So the CABM is, is a credential that, that you have created, and, and you've created not only the program, but also uh, you know, some cachet around that to make sure that it's a recognized credential, and you, you've established some partners. Um, can you give us some examples of individuals who have gone through that program who uh, have really seen personal benefit uh, you know, to themselves in their career or their ability to move or how their company recognized them? Sure. Uh, there are um, a wide range of examples. Um, the, the, the fortunate or unfortunate thing is there's no typical profile of individuals who earn the CABM, so I'll just throw out a couple of different um, kind of instances where it has helped them a lot. Um, one kind of um, consistent profile is, is our um, individuals who want to go to some of the top business schools. And so they are starting, um, perhaps they started out in, um, in college with an English degree, with a, even a finance degree, even an engineering or computer science. And we've even had um, people who are doctors um, earn the CABM because they come from such a um, either non-business background or one part of business. And it's, it's kind of my story of they want to go to some of the top business schools and they also know that the more exposure they have to some of the more basic business concepts and the CABM goes beyond just the basics. So it, it, you know, starts them thinking like an MBA, uh, um, and gives them that foundation so that they can understand where the MBA would fit into their career as well as provide them with that um, practice to do well in the MBA classroom. So it helps them both from an admissions perspective as well as the uh, classroom perspective. Now that's one uh, profile. The other profile are um, individuals who, um, uh, again, use this to improve their job. They, they may be thinking about business school, they may not be, and if they do, it'll, it won't be for another several years. And business school isn't their primary or even their secondary goal, but doing well in their job is. And the consistent um, uh, feedback is I've learned the language of business. I feel like I can communicate with my peers and superiors so much more effectively. I understand the business issues now in terms of the projects I'm working on. I see the bigger picture, and it enables me to have more um, advanced-level conversations with people on my team and with superiors. That, to me, is the reason for being in terms of that's when we know that the exam is doing what it's supposed to do, is equipping you with that fundamental business knowledge. How you apply it, that's going to be different. We have people who work in software. We have people who work in the music industry. Like I said, there are doctors. There are people who are um, um, in the, the top IT companies worldwide. There are um, people in management consulting. Uh, we've had there, um, uh, a woman who used to teach English in Costa Rica who is earning the CABM because she wants to go to uh, business school. There are people in pharmaceuticals. So that's what I was saying in terms of the fundamental, uh, or I should say the common thread, is they want to learn business skills um, right. for whether it's to improve their own performance on their job um, or, number two, uh, to give them that leg up in business school. So I guess... In that um, diversity, there are the kind of the two um, veins of thoughts of I want to do better in my job because I know even though I'm in a company, I, I may not have had formal training in business right? in all areas yeah. of business. And then number two is exactly. I want to get that leg up in business school. 
Well, very, very interesting. Well, Debbie, I really appreciate you sharing all of that that with us. And you know, as I say, I, I've always had this uh, this question lingering in my mind. You know, because I've I've been able to be successful both in business and in consulting. You know, to the business community. Uh, but this has has uh, renewed my interest in making sure that I'm as as broad as I am. Um, you have an interesting offer right now uh, on the APBM community where you can become a member in the community for eighty eight dollars, and for that mm-hmm. you get both uh, the What Is Your MBA IQ book um, mm-hmm. and also a book called Corporate Management, Governments, uh, and Ethics Best Practices, and then you also, as right. I understand it, get to take the Calculate Your MBA IQ uh, instrument, as part of which. Yes, Correct. as a part of that, which which you know kind of sets the baseline. So, um, That's you know, exactly you right. we want people to do that the first, so that way they know, you know, where they stand and what other developmental opportunities may be relevant for them. Right, and you know, so I would love to be able to post that to the executive girlfriends group and and let them know that 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 is. Uh, open to them and then you know perhaps you and I can uh chat uh at a later date on on how we might be able to work more closely together because I think you know we we're at an interesting place um you know with the executive girlfriends group we've got I would venture to guess uh 25% of of the women in this group are are what we call in between successes uh in transition and because many of them are are in their 40s and 50s are really trying to figure out you know, where do I go from here? Do do I go out on my own? Do I consult? Do I try to compete with, you know, the young MBA crowd, uh, you know, who have both the education and the youth uh, going for them, but not a lot of the practical business experience and, and you know, the industry history and knowledge, uh, you know, that, that our group has. So um, it would be interesting to, uh, to take a look at, at that with you. Yeah, no, absolutely. I would, uh, I would welcome the the opportunity to do so. I, I like I said, any um, any chance to improve your business knowledge, that's the driving force. Age, industry, to me, that's all noise. You can overcome any of those things. That should not right. be driving factors because business knowledge is what people will gravitate towards. The more knowledgeable you are in business, and the more you can incorporate that into real-world solutions, whether it's a, uh, helping an employer, helping a client, helping a colleague, you know, helping a customer. That's what it comes down to. We all want to help. We all want to contribute. But what are your tools to contribute? What are you going to use to contribute? Exactly. And, you know, these days business changes so fast that if you didn't keep up even in the last three years, forget the last, you know, five or ten uh, what you know, uh, it, it is going to be even uh, the the rate of change is only going to be increasing, and if you haven't um, kept up investing in your business skills, um, then you're going to have to really make sure that you do that. It, it, it's it's no different than um, um, you know things like outliers, right? It I love that book because it shows that anyone can be good at something if you work hard at it. Business skills is one of those things that. Um, um, you can absolutely be good at. You can absolutely improve your MBA IQ. Um, because what we say is, again, going back to accounting as an example, if you score low in um, uh, the accounting portion of your MBA IQ, my first question is, have you taken accounting courses? And usually the answer is no. And then my second question is, well, have you been exposed to accounting in your job? And then I say no. Uh, or then they say no. And then 
then my question is, well, of course your score is going to be low. My, if, if there was such a thing as called, you know, medicine IQ, my score would be in the lowest um, bracket because I'm, I'm not a doctor. I've never taken those courses. I don't live in that world. So it's, it's, you are a function of what you know. But the moment I get exposed to it, I can then start to see it in the news. I can start to understand those conversations. You know, it's like, you know how like when you're walking on the street and you hear somebody speaking French? Well, you know it's French because you've been exposed to it. If you don't right. know French, that they, they might as well be speaking Russian or Portuguese or something because you, you don't even have the, um, the wherewithal to understand what they're talking. Right? Awesome. So it's, well, it's that familiarity. Mm-hmm. It's that familiarity um, with anyone... business topics that will give... Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to ask if anyone had any questions before we move on to the the regular part of our call. Anything we haven't touched on? This is Tiffany. I'm really fascinated by this, and I I can't wait to go get the book because I'm going to completely redo my resume and how I position myself. I've been very um, skill set oriented as opposed to emphasizing my ability to act as a um, strategic business person and the diversity of business skills that I can bring to the table. So I'm excited. Thank you. Oh, and you should put um, your uh, that your um, that you've calculated your MBIQ on your resume. Yeah, I'm going to be doing that after after you've done so after you've done so. Yeah. <laughs> Chicky, I have a I have a question uh for uh for Debbie and, and Debbie this might be something that you may or may not be able to answer. Um I have my own company that I founded back in uh well 2002 and I've been thinking about going back and getting my MBA primarily because most of the people who I hire into the business have their MBA from places like Harvard or other top business schools and I've been learning and absorbing from them about all these things that you're talking about and would really like to take it a step further but I don't have the time and and one of the things that I'm interested in is and I understand that I'm learning as I go but I've been looking into a program with Cornell University called eCornell and some of their management classes and I haven't been able to get any kind of feedback on the um the the quality of that type of a program where it's um, where it's virtual. And I'm just wondering if you've heard anything about that particular program through your interactions with other people who are looking to expand their business skills. Um, I don't know specifically about their programs um, in terms of, I do know Cornell is a wonderful uh, educational institution, so I'm sure it, their online courses will be at that same caliber. The only thing I will, um, um, if I can provide any kind of my two cents in terms of when you're looking for um, educational opportunities, you should really focus on some, you know, what's the end result? Is the end result just taking a bunch of courses? Is the end result the MBA? Is the end result a credential like the CBM that you can put after your name? Or So just make sure that whatever you do has an end result that you're happy with and that you're comfortable with and that will actually serve you. Taking courses or a certificate program it's just like taking courses. You can take whatever courses you want, but what is your purpose? To demonstrate proficiency just for yourself? Is it to demonstrate proficiency for your clients, for your employees, and have that signal of proficiency like an MBA or the CBM? That's an instant connotation of I'm proficient in all areas of business. And so that's the only thing I would caution you about it, wherever it is, whether it's Cornell, whether it's there are a lot of great um, online um, sources for business education, but that's the only thing I um, would, you know, if I could add my two cents. 
Yeah, I appreciate that, and that was why I was looking for the uh, whether or not you'd had any reference on it, because my my end goal is obviously to gain skills that will help me run a better business rather than to have a you know three letters or two letters after my name. I'd rather just have a successful business, and I am having trouble getting the feedback on those certificate programs. But I wonder if that's just because uh, people who take them don't necessarily, uh, you know, maybe maybe it's not the same kind of person that I'm looking for. Well, for Cecilia, feedback. you might you might want to post a question to the community about MBA programs because I know Chris Bradshaw um, took an, an executive. Uh, I believe she did an executive MBA program, and there are a couple of other people who've who've done the executive MBA where you do you know, on-site a couple of days a week uh, or, you know, weekends. Um, I don't know of anyone on in the group who has done, uh, you know, a, a fully online program, but it would oh, be that's great. that's a great idea. Input. I definitely will do that, actually. Thank you, Chickie. Great idea. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, and I, I actually wanted your input, uh, Debbie, also on, on the executive MBAs for people who've been in business for a long time. Uh, you know, what your experience has been at, at seeing the difference in, you know, being able to dive in and take take the full MBA route versus those people, again, who have 10, 20 years of, of business experience and decide to go back uh, for the weekend type of program. I'm, I'm sorry, my phone cut out there for a second, so I apologize. I just heard... Oh, um, no, that's okay. I was just asking you if, if, you, have, um, mm-hmm, if you have any sense of... The, the value overall, not not just of the online programs like what Cecilia was asking about, but the executive MBA programs, which tend to be, uh, you know, the weekend kind of program. So I um, I think both are um, uh, going to be valuable. It really goes. So it's not so much um, which one should you do. It's it's more of which one is going to get you to your goals. Um, and so it's it's one of those things where there are so many options right now out there um, in terms of business education, but they all have pros and cons. And so it's really asking the right questions, but you're only going to think of those questions based on what's important to you. So I, I think there are so many um, solid um, uh, paths that you can take to gain that business education. All I'm saying is just make sure you have a plan to make sure it fits in with your goals, as well as I wouldn't, um, and uh, I know everyone wants to improve their business and everything, but, you know, it's, it's, it's fluid in terms of its business education is also a signal to other people in terms of um, uh, it's, an, it's another asset that you have for your business in terms of whether it's you're trying to get a bank loan, whether it's trying to get more business and stuff like that. That's what I meant by it's a signaling device, too. So just taking courses may not give you that same signaling device um, in terms of that you are proficient in all areas of business. Got it goes it. back to the doctor example. Would you want to go to somebody to treat you who just took a bunch of courses versus somebody who's been proficient in all areas of medicine? Great. And Cecilia, I see you already posted your question. So I'm going to refer it to a couple of people because I know that uh, Connie Reams uh, just last year uh, completed uh, her executive MBA. And like I said, I know that Chris Bradshaw will be able to do that as well. And uh, Debbie, I don't know if you received the invitation to the Executive Girlfriends Group platform, but that's what we were showing in in the beginning of the call of of the various um, 
uh, profiles of the individuals who are giving their their input. And as I mentioned, um, we also have this question and answer system whereby anybody in the community can pose a question and then get feedback uh, from the broader group. So. Uh, you know, would love to have you as a resource. The the questions actually come to you in your regular email, so it's not like yet another platform that you have to check. Uh, you know, it will direct you back to the platform, but it will come to you in your email. So if no one else has uh, any additional questions, I will turn off the recording because what's said on the rest of the egg call stays on the egg call. So, Debbie, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. And I look forward to reading your book uh, and also testing my uh, MBA IQ. Yep, thank you very much for the opportunity. I, uh, and I enjoyed it very much. Great, thank you so much.